tis the season, tis the time of <laughs> of giving. Uh, and uh, if f- for the longtime listeners, at least if you've been listening for more than a year now, uh, we usually do layouties at the end of the year. We come up with a bunch of categories and we just do like pick our best things of the year for each category. This year we felt a bit, well, Kevin uh, felt a bit, well, but I agree. <laughs> not, I'm not blaming him. I'm just saying he... Way to throw me under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I'm, I'm on your side. I'm on your side on this one. Uh, we're a team. Uh, but, you know, it felt a bit, on one hand, forced. On the other hand, kind of repetitive to do like, ooh, best Mac app. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Figma. I don't, you know, like it, it felt, we felt a bit forced to kind of do this. Um so instead of that, instead of layouties, uh, we decided to just have this one episode to begin the year with just, it's like a recommendation bonanza. Like a, what are a couple of things in the year or recently or whatever, just talk about stuff that we've been enjoying also because, you know, we've been, we've been in, on, both of us, we've been on vacation. We took, we took some time off work. So we've been just enjoying life and friends and family and stuff. So it's our time to just, share some of these things and hopefully listeners can enjoy them too. <laughs> yeah. I hope. Yeah. So those are not like a, a recap of the year or anything like that. These are mm-hmm. brand new recommendations. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm excited. I have some, I, I, I can see the notes and I see you have some good ones. You, you have the spoilers on your, <laughs> yeah. Um, All right. So <laughs> do you want to get us started? I can get us started. Okay. So I, I've, I've grouped my recommendations into like four buckets. So I'm cheating a little bit because I'm going to recommend more than one thing per category, if you will. Um, so I, I decided to start because uh, I don't want to lose listeners on, you know, minute five of this podcast to <laughs> and stay a bit relevant to the design and technology part of the podcast. And then we can very quickly uh switch to the everything else part of it uh and so i'm gonna start by just recommending three products that i think uh are things that you should look out for this year uh 2020 maybe 2021 but like i I feel these are things that uh are picking up my interest and i think uh, they will be pretty cool um so i have three products all like tech products thing first it's called loom have you heard of this, Kevin Loom? Yeah, I have. Um, I was on the Clockwise podcast where we talked about this. Um, very oh, wow! Tool that's service. Okay, that's cool. It. Yeah. So, uh, for me to explain really quickly what Loom is is it's an app on your computer and soon on your on iOS as well, in where you can quickly record your screen uh, and record audio as well. And also record, if you want, like your face. So you have a little, you know, like the YouTube style screencast pop-up thing with your, you know, your screen, audio, and your face. Um, and the idea is to quickly record your screen, communicate an idea, maybe going through a pitch deck, maybe just like recording a tutorial or something. Um, and then quickly send that link to your team. So this is supposed to be used in a professional context, I guess, but you can use this for whatever. Um, so... I personally, like for remote employees, I would say this is especially useful. Um, I can't tell you just how many times just it would be so much easier for me to just show it than to try to t- 
type it in in a Slack convo or even just to get on a call. So, and especially if time zones are a thing <laughs> in your day to day, you have to be careful with. This is just, it's a great service. I've been using it with Netlify um, for most of this year or last year. Uh, <laughs> and it's, it's just a way to quickly just record something. Like, hey, what about this? Or sometimes giving design feedback, like going over the file and just talking over it, uh, over it, and then quickly share a link. So Loom. So they're they're still a new-ish company. They raised a new round, thirty million. So you know, it's. I've, if I had to bet, I would say this is probably going to blow up this year um, in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like the most, the biggest uh, amount of like sort of skepticism I've seen around Loom was, um, well, the people are kind of like positioning this against written documents that it's like, oh, great. Like now instead of being able to like scan a document and be able to like command find like for what I'm looking for or whatever, now I'm going to have to sit through these like half hour long videos and like... I don't want to have to like browse like a whole like effectively like YouTube page full of videos to get information I need and like wouldn't it be better to just kind of like send like quick messages either in Slack or, or whatever um, or if you actually want to collaborate like why don't you just do a hangout rather than us like I'm here I'm like see your video then I like start recording and then I send a, another video to you and we just like kind of send back and forth these videos. Um, and I think what like that perception is, is missing is that, Hey, not everyone's on the same time zone. <laughs> and um, I think mm -hmm. having like an async way of communicating is so much better in these instances, but also in other instances when you're like really focused um, and you don't want to like break your flow to just kind of like go into a, a google hangout or something like that so this allows you to like i'd say like i feel like giving feedback is like a really good use of this because i often find that when you write down feedback it doesn't come across the same way as when you talk about it mm -hmm. um so that can be a good good use case for it uh but i can also see a bunch of different use cases but to me they're kind of they're separate it's like a almost like a new space um that isn't met well um, for like text-based communication and is not like the live collaboration conversation. There's like a thing in the middle and I think that's what they've identified here. Um, and now it remains to, to see like do enough companies see that as a need and, and value that? Well, like time will tell. Uh, but I do see it and I think it's going to be more and more important. So I think it's it's cool that a company like Loom is is trying to tackle that. Yeah. I agree with everything you said. Um, I'd also just, I would add, because I've been doing this style of videos ever since I joined Netlify. Um, and yes, time zones are major, <laughs> a major thing in, in here because sometimes I'm like nine hours ahead of, uh, of my coworkers. And so it's like if I'm working on something, I don't, I don't want to just share mockups because there's, there's a lot of uh, nuance and context that is you can't just communicate. Uh, even if, like writing down a long ass GitHub issue with trying to explain everything. Like it's so much more effective to quickly just record your screen and, and talk over it, you know. Um, and then again, time zones like a link. Hey, I could have scheduled a meeting for everyone involved, you know, at some time, but like I've done this. It's here. Just watch this video and of course try to be brief or whatever. But 
it's way still way more effective way of communication than any other thing I just mentioned. Yeah. So cool loom. Uh, still on the things to look out for category. I'm not going to try to be um, a bit faster. Uh, another one is pitch. Have you have you heard of pitch? Have you seen this? So I saw the website, but I think it was because of like the their cool sort of like illustrations. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I I have to say I'm I'm looking at this and I have no idea what it does. <laughs> so maybe this is like some comments for the uh, the pitch t- design team. Looks great. I have no idea what it means. <laughs> uh yeah, so that's also how they dropped in my radar because their marketing site, if you haven't seen it and listening to this, just go check it out, pitch.com. And they have this very unique, I think it looks incredible, style of illustration where it's this 3D characters, 3D renders. Um, I guess, you know, the exact opposite of the, this flat design illustration style that has become very uh, popular. Um, so, as, yes, that's also how they, how they came to be. Um, I I got to be aware of it, but pitch is still in uh, private beta, and that's why this is on the things to look out for category, I guess. Um, I I I had the privilege to to get into beta and try it out. Um, effectively, what this is is uh, it's a new take on um, collaboration on on building better presentations. Um, so. Think of this as like a, it's a mix of Keynote and Figma, if you will. Um, so I've I've used it uh, for when I was building my slide deck for my latest uh, talk. Um, and like they try to do, well, two things, you know, just build better presentations. So as an app, it's really good. I can't really spoil much because, again, it's still in beta and I can't really talk too much about the UI and stuff. Um but it's something that I think is also going to blow up <laughs> probably this year because I don't know when they are planning to come out of beta. Um, but from what I've seen, and I know I'm being vague, apologies, but I, I'm not even aware of what I can say. But I just it's something that it's it's really promising. Um, again, thank Keynote and Figma. Have a beautiful baby. Um, that's <laughs> that's pitch. Okay, uh, that's a good pitch for it. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Ding. Um yeah, we'll see. I I guess I'm curious to see where like where this goes. I'm personally a keynote wizard and so <laughs> I have I have like uh, a lot of investment <laughs> into the keynote skills. Mm-hmm. So um hopefully like this is just makes my life even better than keynote, but if this is more on mm-hmm. the uh Google slides end of the spectrum then i'll be mm-hmm. less interested so we'll see mm-hmm. uh and by the way same <laughs> i'm with you on that one um there's there's there are a couple apps made by apple that the care in, well the areas of focus for them were things that uh you know were pushing my buttons and so things like just the performance and the native experience and just the Everything but collaboration, pretty much, because <laughs> that's that's Achilles uh, Apple's Achilles heel, um, and so and I see apps like Keynote, which I adore, and I have zero confidence that Apple will invest more into it. You know, I think they're just keeping it alive and trying to may- maybe take advantage of some like new OS features or something. 
um, if even barely. Um, so seeing other companies invest all that sweet VC money into products and areas that Apple is neglecting, um, it gives me hope and it gets me a bit excited. <laughs> so this is one of it. And yeah. Yeah, fair enough. I think you should give another try to the collaboration features on uh, on Keynote because I tried them for a presentation and pretty good. So Yeah. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Nose on the other hand is absolutely terrible, but I I'm telling you Keynote seems to be like the one exception <laughs> to everything. <laughs> it's like the one app that is constantly really really good, always solid. Um the collaborations feature is like I've never had an issue with it. And I've used it for many, many presentations. So we'll see. Like the only thing that like sort of sucks is that you kind of have to go through Apple IDs, which is like kind of yeah. awkward. Like when we're at work at a company, it's like everyone's using their Shopify email addresses. And so now we have to like maintain this separate list of like, what are the Apple IDs that everyone <laughs> is using? Um, which is not great. Yeah, but not great. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, the whole this is meant for teams, I think. Like that's their primary, right? You no know, market. Sweet. So cool. Okay, last one. Uh, I'm trying to be quick. This one, I I think I talked about this on the show before. It's Byte. Byte the Vine uh, 2.0, I think. <laughs> um, it's uh, it's it's also in private beta, I believe. Um, it's exactly it's it's what do you. Th- it's what you would expect from Vine in 2019 or 2020, I guess. Uh, it's from the same creator. Um, you know, after I don't know what happened at Twitter after they acquired Vine and shut it out, <laughs> shut it off, and stuff. Just Twitter happened, happened, basically. Yeah, Twitter happened. <laughs> Got Twittered. They did what they do. Uh, so the the original creator of Vine put together a new team, uh, and they're building like you know the spiritual successor of Vine, and it's called Byte. Um, I have I have one one more um invite if you want to join the beta that I can send to people. So maybe I can like auction it off here. Ooh. Or just give it to you. <laughs> uh no. <laughs> that would be such a waste to send to me. Okay. <laughs> it's like I know this is like right up your alley and this is the thing that I would never use probably. <laughs> so <laughs> um yeah. That's fair enough. Uh, I I'm not, I don't. I think the listeners will make better use of it. So okay, if you're listening to this, in bonus points, if you're on Android, because I already given uh, someone uh, on iOS. Actually, the the shortcuts guy, uh, Matt Castanelli, something. Yeah, there you go. Boom. I gave him one. I only had two invites. I gave him one. Uh, I have one one extra invite. So bonus points if you're on Android, because um, you know they're. they're they want to test that app on Android, and there's, I think, a lot more iOS users right now. Uh, it's I'm I'm interested to see the success of this app. I think the the app itself is great. I I think it it it's pretty unique. Again, I don't know how much I can say, show, whatever. Um, I really like its its design and where it's going. Uh, it has some pretty cool like vertical snapping on the on the videos. The video is not they're not square aspect ratio, which I believe vines were. Um, and, but they're limited again to six seconds, which is a very interesting limitation. Like today, I have to say it's half, half of the time is just frustrating. <laughs> six seconds is so short. 
uh, but the other half is just it's a very interest, interesting creative challenge, I guess, to come up with a composition that will fit six seconds or whatever. <laughs> um, and it's also it's also interesting to see because you know Byte is going to be uh, released in a world where TikTok exists uh, and Snapchat and Instagram stories and video is you know huge. Because remember, when Vine initially came out, Instagram didn't even support video. In fact, you might even say that Instagram supports video today because of Vine, because they're trying to compete with Vine. Right. So it's a very inter- it's a very different world today than it was when Vine came out. So I'm really interested to see how Byte is going to adapt and you know succeed or not. So and thus concludes my things to look out for section. <laughs> Back to you, Kevin. Nice, awesome. Uh, so my first recommendation is a physical product. It's called Wallet dot Type One. No spaces, <laughs> all in one. Um, and so if you follow uh, Andrew Kim, which is like the guy behind uh, Minimally Minimal uh, on Instagram, this is where I first heard about oh. this wallet. Um, I have it here. I'm showing to you, Rafa. But um, so. It's like a super like designy <laughs> wallet, um, and I'm someone who like wants to use Apple Pay as much as possible. So on my watch or on my phone or whatever. But like this wallet actually makes me want to like use my cards, <laughs> which I think is like a good sign. Um, okay, so what is this wallet? So imagine it's like a a round rect basically. Um, it's all made of leather. And the but the way you open you open it like it's all leather but there's no stitches anywhere, um, and it opens in like an interesting way and it lays like super flat. Um, it's incredibly simple but also like incredibly well made. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes. Like there's a couple videos that they show how they make it. Um, it just looks amazing. Um, it's a great wallet. Like it's feels awesome it doesn't take a lot of space um you can fit i don't know like eight cards and some cash too if you want um but it's just like a great i don't know a great product i really like it wow it looks incredible it looks so clean yeah it's really nice and it even like comes in like a sort of custom it's sort of a like a paper style case um that is super nice you can buy it online um it's from this this company called CAC Studio. Um they also make some cases and the designer, I forget who's the designer, but um they also like have are an industrial designer who's designed like a bunch of different like super cool things. Um and if you're like even more of the like super super slim type, uh they also have slimwallet.type1. <laughs> you can buy that is effectively like just one one side of the wallet um so it keeps it open so if you have fewer cards and stuff you can get that one um i personally don't have a lot of cards but i have enough that the bigger one makes sense and it still folds uh way smaller than my old one so yeah it's it's really nice cool looks incredible you following your instagram and stuff like it you have a not only a good eye for just very pleasing looking items and products um but like i feel like i also 
appreciate similar things, but you find them. Like you always find interesting things. And I don't know, you probably have some internal Shopify super secret channel in where to share these because <laughs> I have no idea how you find these incredible brands. And like I can, I can think of the same thing for with your uh, standing desk as well. Like it's just right. incredible. And I would never find it on my own. <laughs> so you're a good follow. Honestly, uh, pure luck. <laughs> really? Wow. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, it's just... I cannot tell you just how how many times a day I think of the one of your tweets. Uh, you tweeted this not that long ago, but you said something around the around the lines of uh, wire cutter. But f- when design is like one of your top priorities or whatever, yeah, you know, you remember that, yeah, something like that. Even today, I thought about that tweet like four times because I was looking for, I was trying to buy an iron, <laughs> you know, like ironing your clothes. Um, forget it they all look like spaceships from the original <laughs> imac yeah. bondi blue yes things. exactly <laughs> jesus <laughs> christ i hate them all um yeah and most recently most recently was um like a water filter pitcher mm. you know um because i want to i want to invest in that it's just it's mainly for coffee <laughs> but it's something that you usually you're probably going to have it in your counter you're going to have it out you know visible <laughs> Yeah. And they all look the same, and it's terrible. Like, I, Jesus, I can't find it. I can't. Yeah, and you're like, it. surely someone makes a really nice one. <laughs> like, surely they do. I want to believe that. And then, but that's what I want. Like, and, and I, I tweeted this because it's something that I've been wanting for for so long. And you know, I got a bunch of replies. Like, some people are like, "Oh, why don't you make it?" or whatever. <laughs> or some people say like, "Oh, like, but there's this other website or whatever." Or, but it's like. Mm-hmm people are missing out on like a very specific element of this tweet which is like what makes wire cutter great is not that they just like link to oh here's a cool water bottle it's like no 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 we've tried all the water bottles this is the best one like this is what i want i don't want someone to just like have the one-off recommendations which is effectively what i'm doing now but i don't have the kind of resources or patience to like for example like for wallets like buy like 20 different wallets and then test them and like consider like the design of each one and like how they perform and blah blah blah. like i don't have time for that like (laughs) i need someone else to do this um but yeah like i think the first step honestly is to find these these kind of pieces um like sometimes like i try to google like design like i think design milk has like a few like tend to recommend some stuff so like do a lot of searching around i find pretty much the worst way is to ask for people on the internet like on twitter um it's just Mm -hmm. like you you quickly find like not everyone has the same criteria that they're looking for um Mm -hmm. also like i would say the second best thing for me is through instagram like i just find so many things that way um how you search just following people like so for example okay one you you should absolutely follow is i think his instagram username is pushing adams andrew kim yeah so he used to be behind the website minimally minimal which is like a great website um that had so many great recommendations oh Uh, i see your wallet yeah there you go (laughs) um and uh he used to be a designer he okay do you 
Do you remember when someone did like the Microsoft rebranding project? That was like this sort of unsolicited redesign that they just put out there like forever ago. The the what branding? Microsoft? No. Okay, anyways, this is how he got popular. Um, he did this rebranding and then got hired by Microsoft. Then he worked at Microsoft for a couple of years and worked on Xbox and I guess Windows. Then he went to Tesla um, and designed like a lot of like the UI um, at Tesla and now is working at Apple. Um, he's like wow. an amazing designer and... I find so much so much stuff just looking at his Instagram, uh, including my backpack, which I still love. Um, so he was the one who posted about it. Um, so that's... Can I tell you just one quick yeah. PP? Yeah. It's when he does like, not him, everyone does this, but I just caught one of his posts. Um, oh, look, it's my shoes. Uh, when they post like a picture of something on a desk, in this case, it's like a Google Home Mini. Uh, but n- with no wires, like <laughs> there's no power cable. Uh, same with desks. A lot of people do this. Just remove all the wires on their iMac to take a picture of the desk, and then. Oh, interesting! Yeah. I didn't know real people did that. I thought it was just a marketing shot. But yeah, that's a good point. Um, anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, um, I think like for me, I just like. I'm following more and more of these people and like the more you kind of like follow and favorite. And I also save an insane amount of stuff on Instagram, um, with like their bookmarking functionality. Um, and the more you do that, the more the algorithm gets really good at recommending you good stuff. Um, Mm. so now like if I go on my discovery tab, it's all like really good. (laughs) I'm not saying that I'm adding everything that's on there, but um, it's all in the same style. It's all kind of like designy things. Um, so yeah, I actually do find a lot of stuff that way. But it's it's still so difficult, like just finding these like really nice, simple, high quality essentials. And I'm a huge fan of finding the things that you use all the time. So like. Your water filter, for example, is like a great example. It's like, this is a thing that I use literally every single day. And so finding some a really nice version of that is super worth it uh, because you're going to have those sort of rewards over every single day of your life for the next couple of years, which is pretty great. Um, so if you do find one, let me know. <laughs> but yeah, I'd have, I really have no secrets here. It's just looking through and um yeah and seeing what you like all right okay uh my second category i just called it interests but okay i need, I need to i need an opening statement for this one, so. <laughs> all right um as i was working on my the talk uh again it was like an updated version of the same old talk whatever um i did some introspectiveness what, wait i did some intro whatever <laughs> I look back at my life and try to, as you grow older, you look back and try to see why you do things like why, what are your motivations? Why are you the way you are? Why did you pick design? Why, why did you take this path in life? You know, try to see Mm. what are the defining, uh, character traits, you know, personality, uh, traits that, that kind of makes who you are. And for me, the one thing that keeps coming back, um, is I think, again, if I was like a character in a movie, my 
big character motivation is <laughs> would be i should say um being told why things work the way they do uh not being told what like what to believe but just like things that i already believe why like why is a movie that i love why is it a good movie mm. what about it you know pushed your buttons um that's why i i think i went into this technology feel because like everything is software how does software work what is a computer you know like <laughs> what what is it <laughs> and later also around the same time uh, same thing with music like i started playing music I was like i love music but how how does it work and once you start knowing how to play music you start to identify oh the, I, i can see the drum line and the, okay this is the bass line and i can see how like i'm deconstructing this song like it makes sense how it's arranged and recently uh like a new chapter on that same theme is um around uh just movie making cinematography and same with like basic screenplay and vfx artists and stuff and how how does this work um so in that theme uh i have two two recommendations two these are two youtube channels that i've became obsessed in especially this year or last year 2019 um one is Uh, is a channel called Corridor Crew. And by the way, these are all like pretty popular channels. I'm not, you know, this is not some obscure things. Uh, Corridor Crew has, um, they have this weekly show in, it's called VFX Artists React. Um, so they just have usually three people on a couch. They're all VFX artists and they are reacting to good and bad CGI in popular movies. Uh, and it's, it's fascinating. Um, especially because like sometimes you see a CGI character You're like, oof, that looks rough. That looks super fake. But at least I, I couldn't tell you why. Like, why does it look fake? And like 90% of the times it's just because they didn't get the lighting right. Um, but they also did, not only do they react, but also they teach you like, why is it bad right. or why is it good? Um, so for example, if you have a very big monster or like a big character or a big CGI thing, let's say Godzilla. Godzilla, it's so big that if that was real if you were looking at Godzilla like the tail like the the thing in the in the background would be less saturated than things on front because that's apparently something that happens in the world hmm. like things very far away become less saturated right so like that's another thing that if you're creating a CGI character there's all the things you have to take in consideration to make it look real um so anywho i love this i love this channel um they're they're incredible and another channel not on cgi and you know vfx it's more on screenplay basic screenplay how to write a movie um and it's called lessons from the screenplay i adore this mm. channel i love it every movie every video that they release it's like holy this is perfect christmas stop everything let's watch this um <laughs> uh i i love this one particular video it's called um It's about the Matrix, and it's called Exposition in Action. And just how effective that whole uh, opening scene on the Matrix with, with Trinity running away from the agents. Like, how much exposition is crammed into an action scene? Because there's almost no dialogue. But immediately, you know, oh, okay, she, this person clearly has, like, special powers. The agents uh, are, the, are crazy, and they morph into other people. Um, they pick up a telephone and they disappear. Like there's so much world building exposition crammed into those 
I think it's like seven minutes intro, whatever. Um, just one particular video, but I, I love this. I love this. This uh, thing has been has been teaching me so much about how to write a story, um, like character motivations, character beats, all of that. Um, if you if you enjoy this, if you're a fan, I would also recommend like the same team behind this channel also has a podcast. It's called Behind the Screenplay, um, which I also adore. I love this because it's like there there are five people, a team, and they are all. Each one of them is smarter than the other. They're like they're just so smart. They know movies so well <laughs> that it's so interesting to see them talk about um, things that you know you enjoy, or like a movie you enjoy, or whatever. Uh, and especially, I'm going to recommend this uh, particular episode or a series of episodes, I should say. Um, do you remember the the incomparable uh, episodes on Star Wars? <laughs> yeah, I have. Yeah, pretty sure I recommended them. The, the, those are like my favorite podcasts episodes ever. And so they they released uh three episodes each episode um focused on a trilogy a Star Wars trilogy so you have one focused on the the original trilogy one on the prequels and one on the sequels um and again it's just it's it's just so good because it's just they just clearly explain to you why things are bad and why things are good because it's not just because I think they're bad is no they're <laughs> There are facts you can, you know. <laughs> Anywho, it's hilarious. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that whole category good. hints at sort of like this element of nerdiness that's kind of in all of us, right? That like desire to di- dive deep into something and to like question ourselves and to kind of share and hear different ex- experiences and different thoughts as a way to sort of refine our own mm-hmm. Um, so I also love that stuff. Like I'm, I'm a huge fan of these and like for, we can talk about Star Wars later if you want, but, um, like in a, in a way, like I have more enjoyment, like listening to all the podcasts and all the analysis of the thing than watching the initial, uh, movie. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like the, the, the Star Wars movies could be terrible. Like they, the, uh what's uh, what's it called the uh, prequels yeah yeah but the the incomparable sorry uh so the incomparable did a whole series of podcasts on those prequels right and boy like <laughs> these episodes were so good like the the podcast yeah. right like um the the films were terrible but it's almost like I'm glad that these terrible films exist so I can have really amazing podcasts like picking apart all the reasons why it's bad actually does make it good in a way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of like uh, I find that some some movies, there's like a point where they get so bad that they become good again. <laughs> because like as you watch them, you you're like start making fun of like how terrible this is and this actually becomes enjoyable. I think it's it doesn't make it good, but it makes it worth having. Right. <laughs> right? Like it creates enjoyment for me, like not the movie itself anymore. Uh I mean, oh boy. I don't want to talk about the prequels, but I I'm really glad that these movies exist cuz it just gave me so much. It also taught me so much, uh, you know. <laughs> then I wonder what would happen if they were actually good movies. I no idea. 
yeah but um anyways yeah i love breaking down like these these little details and i didn't know um lessons from the screenplay so i will be following that for sure um yeah good recommendation cool also just quick aside on the behind the screenplay podcast i just mentioned uh the the they recorded a patreon exclusive episode on the the rise of skywalker uh so if you watch the movie you probably have and you want to you know consider supporting them it's like it's two dollars patreon the thing so it's well worth it in my opinion so yep cool Back to you, Kevin. All right. So my next recommendation is a documentary series on Netflix that just came out that probably some of you have seen already because I think it's pretty popular, but uh, it's called Don't F*** With Cats. Uh, and I will spare you some of the details, but basically this is uh, a documentary series kind of following how um, a killer, potential serial killer, uh, got arrested. Um, and what makes this interesting, I think to me compared to like the millions of other crime stuff, um, are two things. One is that the internet played a huge, huge part into all of this. Um, and the way that they treat this documentary, the way that it's done is absolutely like masterful. Like it's incredible incredible storytelling of like this is a thing that happened for real how do we tell this in a compelling and interesting way and it's like all the a lot of the decisions that they made were just brilliant kind of like movie making decisions um and this is just i know like let's acknowledge like the fact that hey we're talking about murders here like i I get that. Um, uh, but this is kind of a perfect story. Like, it seems totally unbelievable that, like, this is for real. Well, like that, that the, the, the clues line up and that there's things for people to dig into and there's hints and there's international travels and there's like so much uh, stuff <laughs> that, that's going on that. Like you would tell me, like, oh, this is this is the pitch for my movie, like my c- completely fictional story, and I would have told you, like, I really don't think this is believable. <laughs> I think you should tone it down a little bit. Um, <laughs> so that's pretty unbelievable. Second is that a lot of the events in this show uh, or this this thing happen in Montreal, um, so it's interesting oh, for wow. me. Um, so I yeah. can recognize a lot of like locations and and different things so there's a an element there that like also makes it interesting but uh but anyways the events that are depicted are truly truly horrible and obviously don't stand by that but i think as like a piece of media it it is so good and it's like we watched it, all the episodes in, in one evening like it just can't I just can't stop once you once you get started. Wow, I've heard of of this documentary, but now I'm sold. Uh, we're probably gonna watch it tonight or this weekend. Yeah, cool. Does it? Okay, so let me ask you this. And if you feel like by you answering it, it's gonna spoil my enjoyment, then please don't answer it. But um, does this story uh, has a satisfying ending resolution? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. 
Cool. It's there's, like there's I mean, a lot of murder mysteries that like it's asking for a, a resolution. Like I can think of a serial, you know, like ah, yeah, you know, it's just you're just missing there's, that. It, it right. feels like you need closure. There is a lot more of a resolution than serial, and uh, like those are things that I knew before watching this documentary still like i don't think i know anything about this case okay right um obviously made a big deal here in, in canada so i knew about it and it's fairly like i don't know it's maybe like 10 15 years old uh this case at, okay. at this at this time so um i was there i was aware of it uh when it happened um but yeah so it's like yeah, yeah there's there's an ending to this like this resolution i'm excited okay Cool. Cool. All right. Uh, my next category is music. Uh, you know how we talked about this, but like our interest in the time we spend on stuff is limited. So if you get more into something, you're going to get less into something else. <laughs> um, I feel like music is the thing that I've been taking resources out of, <laughs> unfortunately. But I've been listening to less music, not just less music, like in terms of actual time listening to music, but I've been dedicating less resources into like discovering new music into artists or whatever. So I'm getting more boring. I'm also getting older, so I guess it's okay. Um, but with that said, uh, I, I just want to give a shout out to two music related artists and albums uh, this year. Um, first one is Maggie Rogers, the artist that like, that's the recommendation. Uh, Maggie Rogers. She's, she's pretty popular. Like she was on SNL and, and she, I don't think anyone... If you haven't heard of Maggie Rogers and you're listening to this, yes. <laughs> I'm so happy uh-huh. to find someone. Uh, but uh, go check it out. Like She she is definitely my favorite artist this year. Um, hmm. And uh, she's been around for like two years, three, but like t- this year, 2019, again, this last year, uh, was the year that she finally released her first album. Um, and it's, it's, it's an incredible album. Um, she like i think the origin story that a lot of people um or how a lot of people or most people got got aware of her as an artist was there was this uh, like masterclass thing at the this music university that she was a student in uh in where Pharrell you know Pharrell Williams he was a mentor or whatever he was there for like a day and he gave a bunch of advice and uh, like a talk or whatever and there's a video of it and um so at cer- at a certain point, Pharrell is just talking to a lot of uh, students, and um, it doesn't just show them a song they're working on or whatever. Uh, and he gives them notes, right? It's it's cool. But um, so th- this one student was Maggie Rogers, and and so you can see like there's recordings, <laughs> you can see the moment when Pharrell Williams listened to what would become her first single called Alaska. Uh, for the first time and there's like a, such a special moment it's so awkward and i can't deal with that moment like it's too much <laughs> that video is too much for me i'm like oh my god i can't i can't believe we have a recording of this moment happening um well spoilers he loved that he had no notes for her it's just like he was completely you know amazed um and i'm, I'm gonna put links for all of this stuff um on the show notes um uh, including the link of Pharrell Williams listening to Alaska for the first time with her, <laughs> like right there, so awkward <laughs> and incredible. Um, so Maggie Rogers again. If I had to describe her sound, it's like well, from her own words, 
is she was raised in this very like folk um uh style of music and she was she was planning to just play the the mandolin oh yeah yeah mandalorian <laughs> play the mandalorian uh, <laughs> yeah she was playing the mandalorian uh <laughs> binging the one season. uh and then she took she took a break from from writing music and she she studied a lot of like european um almost like tribal dance music you know just you know all of the, that drum heavy dancing around the fire type of you know, almost like tribalistic in a way i don't know if that even is a word mm. and then she resumed her studies in writing music and should try to combine these two these two styles and i think i think after you know this and you listen to her music you can you can see it right <laughs> anywho love maggie rogers and the uh, second uh, recommendation is an album uh, it's my probably the album that i listened to the most this year uh it's by vampire weekend finally it's called father of the bride again nothing new these are all <laughs> the most popular albums or whatever um that album is an album in a way that it's oh my god that it, it was written to be an album and it does it doesn't work as like it's not a a, a a collection of singles it's not a collection of songs like there is a there's a story there um and it took me just a while a couple just playthroughs to get it and today's i can't listen to one song i have to listen to the album as 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 an album i think it works really good and i i mean i'm a big vampire weekend uh fan and this was the first album that rostam was not a part of the band um but he's still co-wrote a lot of the songs and there's still some it's definitely different uh but it's i think it's still good if not even better whatever cool that's it nice music <laughs> for Back me in terms you. of music i think the person i would say is the artist of the year for me <laughs> is is like super mainstream i guess but um would have to be Billie eilish like i've just been listening to her music yep non-stop <laughs> it's just so good and like i love how different she is <laughs> like she's kind mm -hmm. of like thrown as like like she is effectively like one of the most popular singers like of the yeah. year and she came not out not out of nowhere like she was there but she blew up in an insane way yeah. this year um yeah. <clears throat> but if it always feels like she doesn't quite belong in there <laughs> like that is, she's like her style is so different like so weird like doesn't feel like what you would think of as a like as like a pop star or anything like biggest that. pop star yeah. like wrote a lot of the album and made the produced the album with like her brother in like her bedroom at her parents house like yeah. it's just like so many like things that are interesting about her um and i something i really like that always i find that the artists that i like the most are artists that write their own music like there's just yeah, something to me it's like you can be the best vocalist in the entire world but like to me the truly interesting artists are the ones who write their own stuff who are like really part of all of the conversations the discussions the producing of their music because it feels like I don't know. There's something that feels maybe more authentic, like more and yeah, that they have more it, of a, a story to tell. Exactly. It transcends from being a performance to a story. Yes. Yeah. Telling you 
sometimes it's not even a story in the lyrics. Sometimes it's just they're just telling you a, an exper a personal experience, right? From a struggle, from something personal. It's always something personal. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I agree. Um, and so the one thing I will recommend, because obviously everyone's he heard of Billie Eilish before, but um, there was a video that came out, I think, like two weeks ago or something like that. Um, it's a video from Rolling Stone uh, where uh, Billie Eilish and her brother Phineas uh, break down that guy and like how they recorded it and like why it sounds the way that it sounds. And like <laughs> one, uh, one example that I can give is like uh, they mentioned that she went, she just like got, I think it was Logic or GarageBand or something like that on her computer. Uh, and she had this speaker and then she was recording I don't know, music term or whatever, like, I don't know if it was a loop or a mm -hmm. bass or whatever, but, and it was like, the bass was on the shelf and <laughs> because like everything was shaking, that's why like you hear like that, that sound of that like super bassy, like in initial, like, I don't know, like beat at the uh, bottom of the track. Yeah. Um, is not because of like some kind of hey this is how we think music should should be done or whatever it's just like how it came out and then they were like hey actually that sounds pretty cool like let's leave that in and like <laughs> let's work with that like there's so much stuff like in there that's super interesting um so like i think there's like a real theme in this episode that i'm seeing of like us kind of like really wanting to get to the root of like why do we like the things we like what makes mm -hmm. something great what makes something not great um as like a i don't know for me it's like kind of like this drug like as someone who makes things this is all of this information is what i then use to create stuff myself um so i think that like that video kind of really falls into that and it's like a 10 minute video or something so pretty quick i love it I really want to see that. Yeah, I'll put um, a link in the show notes. Cool. Yeah, there's definitely in the in the part where she goes like on the bag, uh, it, it, it distorts like crazy. Yeah. And if you yeah, if you ever played music, that is the sound you want to avoid because that is just that is just ruining your amp, <laughs> you know, <laughs> your speaker. That's yeah. your speaker saying I can't. Uh, and yeah, and that it's crazy. Yeah, uh, and even like cool. the they they talk about like the duh <laughs> that like the whole sound the yeah. whole song is supposed to be um like making fun of it. Like it doesn't right. want to take itself seriously. And she felt that that like it wasn't super clear that that was the case. And so in one random moment she did like the that duh and then they were like, oh, actually, that's really good. And then she recorded, she was like, I recorded like hundreds of duh, like to get the right one. <laughs> it's just like really interesting. <laughs> and they, they play different sounds and everything. It's just, it's really good. Cool. Wait, is that one of your recommendations? Or? No, uh, I was just piggybacking <laughs> off of your. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's cool. I'm, uh, let cool. me just, okay, this is added in the show notes. Cool. Um, okay, my next recommendation. Okay, I would recommend two newsletters. Um, so the first one is a newsletter by Craig Maud. I don't know if you... Do you know about Craig Maud? No. I got to know Craig Maud when Flipboard became popular. Do you remember Flipboard? That was like the app for iPad? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he yeah. was 
one or the designer behind Flipboard. Um, and so I started following his stuff. I was like, oh, this is super interesting. Uh, and he was like talking a lot about like um, creating like publications on the iPad and like what it means to translate kind of the print media into the di digital form. Uh, and has had like a lot of really interesting articles uh, over the years. And now, like over time, like he's doing, at least from what I can see, doing a lot less sort of like interface design work and doing a lot more like random things. <laughs> so um, <laughs> he, I believe, lives in Japan and uh, is just like has like, he has two newsletters actually. He has one that's about, long walks and japan <laughs> uh and then there's one that's more about like photography literature meditation and he talks about software sometimes here and there um and that is the one that i would recommend it's called rodin um and it's it's super hard to describe like it's always like super long newsletters that have lots of pictures lots of different things and it's kind of this really raw kind of stream of consciousness kind of writing um, where he sort of lets you into his life and shares these sort of random thoughts about you. And that kind of reminds me of like old school days of blogging where people would just like yeah. write kind of like random articles of like, oh, this is what I'm doing. And how he's, I, what I appreciate is how he's reflecting on little moments or observing little things that you would sometimes overlook but that he seems to be like really spending a lot of time sort of with his thoughts and is really able to kind of voice that and express that in a really good way and i think probably like there's one one thing that came out of this newsletter that was published there at first and i think sort of got picked up a lot more um and i don't know if we've talked about it but uh he had one section of his newsletter that was about how fast software is the best software. I don't know. Have you heard this? Like Gruber linked to it and a few other people linked to it, but uh, I don't remember. It was kind of like this, this whole premise of like speed is the number one criteria that if something, uh, a piece of software is fast, it's automatically better than something else. Um, and I think anyways, I won't like spoil the whole column, but um there's a lot of like really interesting kind of thoughts and observations on lots of different things. And some of them are more around photography. Some of them are around literature or meditation. I find that it's like this, every time I receive it in my inbox, it's sort of like this little like gift of, Hey, I will spend, I don't know how much time to read this. Like this is a long newsletter, but it just calms me down <laughs> and it like forces me to like think about things. Um, so I would recommend that. Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes where you can sign up to the newsletter. You can also read the past newsletters so you can get a sense for if this is something that you think you would enjoy. Um, but I, I personally do really enjoy it. The next one, um, I think, has two <laughs> emails that were sent so far. But um, it's like, for me, it's always someone who's writing I've been a fan of. And that is Frank. Frank Chimero or Frank Chimero, I don't know how we pronounce it, but um, so he's wrote, written um, The Shape of Design 
I think a lot of people have read this book. Uh, I have it. I love it. It's one of my favorite books on design. Uh, and I love Frank's writing. And he's uh, just like now like starting up a newsletter again. Um, and he sent like the first or I guess it's the second one. But uh, he sent like another one recently, like this week. Um, and it's just so good. And it reminded me of like damn he's like s such a good writer and i think him and craig are are just like people that i really enjoy their writing and i feel like people don't write anymore <laughs> like it, yeah. it feels like a, a weird thing to say but with twitter and social media and stuff like that like it seems like nobody takes the time to sit down and think about a thing for a long time and write more than like 200 characters at a time um and it just feels really good um i've been trying to pivot more towards like reading books and incorporating that into my like everyday you know life uh i'm reading a murakami book right now uh for fun uh but uh i think it's really nice to also read sort of quote-unquote normal people <laughs> uh who just who just write about their their life and what they're doing um so yeah i would recommend newsletters <laughs> who knew that in 2020 would be talking about newsletters but here we are as you were talking i just subscribed to both and nice yeah i i somehow i missed that frank was writing a newsletter i love his work yep and his writing like i said okay cool uh so last uh well for me my last bucket of recommendations this one is just a bunch of comedy specials stand-up specials i am a big fan of stand-up specials like both me and deborah like we just love it it's such a raw of course funny of course entertaining but just also just good storytelling sometimes when when it's a good one um and it's so personal right like it doesn't have special effects there's no smokes and mirrors it's just <laughs> a person talking yeah. to you it's so genuine and like just raw entertainment and i think humans ever since you know we came up with uh speech i think like we all love stories like that's what drives us right so anyway big fans and i'm not gonna recommend any movies uh but you can follow me on letterboxd <laughs> uh you can follow me on letterboxd i put a link in a thing uh let's just say like i watched an anime um yesterday and i cried like three <laughs> times during that anime incredible experience anyway follow me there um but so the three specials i want to recommend um first one is from mike berbiglia um it's called the new one and mike berbiglia is is just calling him just a a comedian is like it's, it's not fair like he's just he's more of a storyteller than a comedian mm -hmm. um he really tells a beautiful story in all of his specials um and also he has like such i don't want to call it tragic life but he had you know he he's been through some stuff some difficult and unique things anyway um and this one is is focused on uh i guess having a kid i guess which is something that i don't relate to you know i don't have children but it's just it's incredible it's 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 one of my favorite shows this year and also in in coming in close second is um lobby baby by seth myers um i i really like seth myers work like from the from a tonight show or whatever it's called his show um but it's a very different style right like it's i never seen his bottom half i don't even know if he has legs. <laughs> uh 
um and, and never seen him talk about anything other than trump really um and so i wasn't expecting much i'm like oh come on okay so he's capitalizing on his success and he's trying to do other things but holy smokes like it was really 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 good special and also hmm. it, it's like in the same theme as mike Birbiglius. um but he is really really good as in there's I don't think it's not a spoiler. It's a stand-up special. Come on, I'm not going to tell a joke. But uh, at, at a certain point, um, almost like halfway through the special, he because he's been like talking about a lot about his experiences with his wife, his life with his wife, and sometimes he's like um, not criticizing, not making fun, but you know, telling things that his wife did and said, and how he felt about it, whatever, whatever. And around halfway through maybe a bit more whatever at a certain point in the special he's like so i'm gonna do something that i never done before but i think it's it's not fair for just me talking about my experience in my life with my wife uh, i want to give her an opportunity so at a certain point he talks from his wife's perspective <laughs> that's um, cool and he doesn't feel like it the way it's written it doesn't feel like it's him writing from his wife's perspective it, it genuinely feels like this is his wife mm. speaking right like um and a lot of times he tells almost sometimes the same story but from a different point of view and like the ability to to see these events from two opposite perspectives while remaining fair and true to each other is like it's a really hard Kind of like marriage story. Remember, like how yeah, that's what I was going to say. Exactly. So it's kind of similar, uh, but you know, less tragic, more funny. Um, oh. uh, so yeah, it's 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 really good. I was I was really surprised by by just how good Seth Meyers is. Nice. On a slight tangent about Marriage Story, I just started watching it. I watched maybe 40 minutes of it, so I'm not done yet. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's so good so far. Oh my god! Yeah. Like that first scene, I guess you could call it. Like it's just so well done. Like where you hear both of them of like what they like about each other. It's just such a clever way to kind of like build that sort of relationship and like have you understand where each character is coming from. Mm-hmm. And it starts right away. Like there's no. It's just it's really well done like I, I really like that and also my god i i know like i guess the adam driver character is is meant to be like you hate him or whatever and he's like a, a bad person or i don't know but um like i mean i don't know i don't know where this is, go, this is going but like yeah, yeah, the, yeah. I, I the beginning like 40 minutes like talks a lot of sees you see a lot of the perspective of scarlett Johansson. Mm-hmm. um but <laughs> when they do like the um i guess minor spoiler but um it's i don't think it's a big deal but uh it's fine um they do like the last sort of play together and they get home mm-hmm. and you know they're getting a divorce and everything but um <laughs> and he's like he like talks to her and he's like hi like what's up and she's like you have notes don't you <laughs> it's like he's, he's like yeah i do um and it's like oh i guess it doesn't matter now and i was like i really feel like you want to give me your notes and i was like i 
I felt such a connection with the Adam Driver character. I, I was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> this is me. Like, I would be the same. Like, I can't, I couldn't turn this part of my brain off of like, like, same. and it's it's not that I want to tell you what you're doing wrong. It's like, this is part of like the process that it's like, I, 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 I love like picking apart little pieces. <laughs> it's like, I know, I just felt like, immediately for me i was like okay i i can relate to this character <laughs> mm -hmm. i can see myself in here a lot um so yeah so, it's really good because you're not done with the movie like there's i think there like i i mentioned when i recommend this there's no in the whole movie i don't think uh there's a clear villain hero right uh like in one specific event, maybe you would side with this one character, but in the next event, you might very well easily switch. And like, mm -hmm. you know what? I think now you're wrong, or whatever. Right. And it goes very back and forth. And there's even already gray areas. You're like, you know what? Yeah. I think both of them are right, and both of them are wrong on on a different way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like me and Deborah, we watched this movie together, Marriage Story, and I felt seen in so many ways, <laughs> so many scenes that I was like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like it's it can't be that this is just so it just nails so much of like my own experience that I just had a realization that this has to be way more universal than I even believed right. it to be. Right? We're not that special. I think we, <laughs> we're probably all the same, you know, like we, we share a lot of the same struggles and the same This yeah, is whatever. like a real problem I find as you get older because I feel like when and cue like the the, the laughs of people that are older than us are like these people don't know anything but like um that's like i feel like as a, when i was younger i felt like oh everything i'm going through i'm like the only person going through this like am eh, aren't i unique like let me tell you about what's going on and then the older you get you're kind of like no like everyone's kind of the same like everything's been said before like what do i have to bring <laughs> to this conversation like probably not that much um so yeah, I think it's I guess it's part of part of life. <laughs> Just realize, yeah, we're a lot more alike than than we think. Mm -hmm. All right, so I have I have one last one, uh, and it's a it's a tiny one, but uh, it's a podcast episode. And when I tell you the name of the podcast, you'll be like, <laughs> uh, but let me tell you, I I can't speak for any of the other episodes because this is literally the only one that I've that i've listened to but I, so i recommend the episode not the podcast i don't know what the podcast is about for the rest of the time the name of the podcast is invest like the best <laughs> it sounds so douchey but um there's one episode with <laughs> uh the two instagram co-founders on it and it's not really about investing at all uh it's more about talking about like um what they're doing ever since they both left facebook after the acquisition Plus, like Kevin Systrom and Mark, uh, uh, Mike, something I forget, but um, it's really solid. Like, it's a really good episode, and it's really interesting to see them talk through like super openly about what made what worked at Instagram, what didn't work, what they tried, like their philosophy in a way that I felt like I've never actually like really heard a lot of people that are like core to Instagram who've like arguably like built one of the best most successful social media platform that's influenced the culture so much um like i felt like i 
I, I guess I just realized what I was while listening to this episode is, hey, I actually don't know anything about these people and their philosophy and how they think about the world. And obviously, they are really interesting people. <laughs> um, and the the episode, like, I think is interesting on many levels, like one on like understanding Instagram, like what made it and got it where it is. Um, but also, I think w- one thing that's interesting is that uh both of the co-founders left facebook at the same time and both of them are back working on things together (laughs) um and i think there's this like interesting um i mean in this case it's co-founders but like when you find that like good match um for like a, a a partnership where whether it's at work or in other aspects of your life it's like seeing that these people it's like they get along so well they have totally different skill sets but together they're able to there's this sort of like magic that happens when the two of them like think Mm -hmm. about things and like work together um and it's interesting that they're like recreating that in like a new thing that they're doing together again um because like you could have expected them to go their own ways, and they're both like big shots, and you know can do their own stuff. But they're doing something new now, but they're doing something new. They're not. They didn't say anything yet about what it is, but um, wow. they're talking a bit about like what they're interested in and what they're looking into. Like they're talking a lot about like machine learning and stuff like that, which is like yeah, everyone's talking about this, but um, they have like an interesting way of looking at the world. Like they like when they created an Instagram, they were sort of riding that wave of like mobile photography of like bringing stuff to the phone. And at that time there were a lot of, a lot of services that were kind of doing the same, but they were able to like really understand like the user problem within that. Um, And it seems to be like what they're trying to do here as well, which is like, there's this like really interesting technology that opens so many new possibilities what is like the real like true user need in here that we can find and we can come up with something that really solves the problem really well um so i don't know where this is gonna go like what they're gonna do or anything like that but uh it would certainly be on my radar um and the the episode is just like super insightful and super interesting so yeah sounds very interesting can I ask you a question? Go for it. In your opinion, do you think selling Instagram to Facebook was a good move? Oh, boy. Um, I don't think selling it at that price was a good move. That's for sure. Like, a, a billion dollars was is so cheap for Instagram. Like, it, it just seems yeah. like the bargain of a lifetime. <laughs> um. So I think they should have, like, if we assume that they would have to sell, I think they should have sold at a higher price and maybe held off, like, six months or a year or whatever. Like, imagine if um, Instagram launched stories before getting acquired for Facebook by Facebook. Like, maybe, like, they could probably gotten, like, five times the amount of money they, that they got. Now, should they have sold at all? I mean, it's hard to tell. Like, I guess it's 
I'm I'm the uh, like I'm trying to think of like what companies that have sold that I'm like yes like I am so glad that this company sold itself to this bigger company and I don't I can't think of one so it always seems to be uh, my, uh workflow workflow uh, oh shortcuts. yeah I guess <laughs> um where it like. <laughs> Yeah, it gave them something that really wasn't possible before. Yeah, maybe that's like to me that would be the exception that that proves the rule, I guess. But, um, but it's but it, we almost have to run it in a parallel universe. Like I don't know. Like maybe Instagram was about to fall apart, you know. And they talk a little bit about um, how they were a really small team and they had to grow a lot and they had no process in place like no way to establish like okay well, what are our expectations how do we like communicate it was like very much like still a small team and everyone's kind of like all hands on deck doing a bunch of stuff um and actually having the structure of facebook that has like these very clear roles that like has all these pipelines for hiring uh, has all these things blah 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 like that is beneficial um but i think instagram could have survived on its own probably just fine um probably would have you know still continued to do interesting things and maybe not have been tarnished or as like ruined by facebook as much as as it does like i think so, that's what some people are saying but like i actually think that facebook has done a decent job with this acquisition so it's like i'm i, I don't know i'm very conflicted about it but like it's like I think Instagram now is like more popular than it's ever been before. It's they've brought on so many new interesting features since then. Uh they've also probably more popular than Facebook. Yeah, like, like um so it's like I don't think Facebook has destroyed yeah. Instagram yet. So time will tell, I guess, but I think it's a f I think it's fine generally to be owned by facebook like okay let, let's let's just say like would i want any other company than facebook to own instagram and other than like instagram itself of course uh and the answer is no like i, I actually think that, that facebook is the best steward for uh for that that product um so yeah I, so okay if i can recap they should have sold for more money um they maybe sold a bit too soon um if they didn't sell i think they would still be doing in interesting things uh i like i wouldn't be worried about them crashing and burning anytime soon but i think that the facebook acquisition is a successful acquisition by almost all measures fair enough what do you think do you, okay. do you agree with this assessment or yeah i don't know it, it's been so long like, I actually don't even know how old was Instagram when, when it was acquired. Like, has Instagram been under Facebook's Facebook's realm longer than it has before? You know, you know what, you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Has it been like longer under the Facebook reign uh, oh, than when it was? I don't even. know. That's a good question, but I'm just looking at the date now, and I'm like, holy shit, this was a long time ago. <laughs> so, as a, according to Google. Facebook purchased Instagram for $1 billion on April 9th, 2012. So it's been eight, so years, eight years under Facebook. Crazy. When was it 
When did the app come out? Uh, really? Wait, Google says 2010. How can, how can that be possible? Is that true? I mean, considering so like that... like two years? Fe- iPhone came out in 2007. App Store, 2008. You know, so, yeah, two years after the App Store. That sounds about right. Right, but like... So, Instagram has been around for two years before they got acquired by Facebook. Mm-hmm. That is nuts. Instagram is 10 years old, and out of those 10 years, eight years has been under Facebook. Yeah. So... That's what, yeah, that's great for my point, which was, it, Instagram has been way more, what, what we know of Instagram, like it's way more from being under Facebook, right. that I can't even, I can't accurately predict or, or have a, an, an idea of what it would look like if it hadn't you know, sold to Facebook. Yeah. Um, like, would it be, would Instagram be able to so shame, shamelessly copy Snapchat's, you know, stories? <laughs> And Vine's video, and you know, which was you know, it's part of its success, of being so just shameless and and just <laughs> capitalizing on other people's ideas and what's popular and, and whatnot. Um, so I don't, I don't even know, but it was just because today I think Instagram is definitely the most valuable property of Facebook, at least from I don't know from just a lifestyle application i think from a cultural standpoint culture yeah there you go that's a way yeah better way to, to put it um then now i'm thinking like do the instagram founders like regret selling because they could have been just so it could have so much more today yeah. maybe. but on the other hand you look at snapchat and you know snapchat didn't sell and i don't know how well they're doing but i don't hear a lot of people talking about snapchat <laughs> these days so i don't know it's, yeah. it's hard to say oh well though, you can look at tiktok which didn't sell and doing great <laughs> <laughs> so uh-huh. yeah okay cool all right so that's it for the show actually before we go do you want to do some recommendations <laughs> <laughs> i guess that's it for the show uh happy 2020 it's gonna be a good year for everyone. I hope. Yeah, I hope it's a good year for everyone. I'm excited for this year. Hindsight um, is 2020. Do you want to? You want to share like one of your resolutions or any goals or aspirations for the year? Mm, I kind of feel like I would leave it as a future topic for the show. What do you think? Interesting. Okay. So, see. Because I think I think this is something where we could talk for a long time. Okay, no, that's that's fair. I certainly could. Okay, so perfect. Let's do thanks for <laughs> sparing our listeners for a three-hour-long episode. Yeah, cool. Okay, so stay tuned. Well, you know, for 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 uh, that as a possible topic. Um, in the meantime, if you haven't follow us on, follow us on Twitter, @lafm. I'm at Rafahari. Kevin is at Eternal Kick. Um, also, I think same usernames on Instagram. If that's something yep. you wanna, if you wanna do, follow Rafa on Byte. Follow me on Byte. <laughs> I'm at Rafa on Byte. Ooh. Again, if you want an invite on Byte, um, drop me a DM on Twitter or something. And uh, find the show notes uh, on our website. It's Layout FM. We are part of the Spec FM network, so go to spec.fm to learn more and see other shows that they do. Uh, that's it. Happy New Year. Thanks. You too.